0: The version we usually recite is the version from the Gospel of Matthew, and as you hear this version, listen for what words are missing. Notice the bare-bones bluntness of the words that are here. If you're a praying person, think about how this style of prayer compares to your own. And if you're someone for whom the Lord's Prayer is familiar, ask God to help you hear these old words in a new way today. This is the Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. And Jesus said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, don't bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, Ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who searches, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of him? This is the Gospel of the Lord. That's a beautiful passage. Teach us to pray. So who teaches you to pray? My uh, very first teacher in prayer was Rabbi Ted Falcon. I grew up Jewish, or we like to say Jew-ish, like just a tiny bit Jewish. Uh, but a really small town, so no synagogue or services to go to until I was in like maybe about fifth grade and Rabbi Ted started coming once a month from Seattle, coming to the island to do services. So we would go. And the first thing that Rabbi Ted taught me about prayer was this. If you just say amen at the end of the prayer, that counts as having said the whole thing. <laughs> Now, this is really good news because most of these prayers were in Hebrew, which I couldn't read. So, according to Rabbi Ted, even if you just say amen at the end, that was sufficient. And the other thing that Rabbi Ted taught us was that there is a prayer for everything, because in Judaism, there is actually literally a prayer for every single thing. So there's a set prayer for when you start your time together, and there's a different prayer for when you end. There's a prayer for lighting the candles, and there's a prayer for breaking the bread and for pouring the wine. There's a prayer that you say first thing when you wake up in the morning. There's a prayer that's supposed to be the last thing you say before you go to sleep. There's even a prayer for every time you go to the bathroom. It's serious. <laughs> And most of these, they're not actually, they're prayers, but they're a particular kind of prayer called a blessing. And a blessing is a kind of prayer where you are asking God to take something ordinary and make it holy, make it special, make it more than the sum of its parts. And a blessing is a reminder to us that whatever whatever we have in front of us, it's not just a whatever it is, it's also a gift. It's a gift from God. So, like, they all start the same. So, like, the blessing for the bread. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things, who brings forth bread from the earth. Or there's a blessing for any time you see something beautiful. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things, who has such as this in the universe. I think I'd be too embarrassed to tell you the bathroom prayer from up here, but you can ask me about it later, and I will tell it to you. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. So there's a prayer for everything, a blessing for everything. It's a prayer that makes ordinary things holy and reminds us that everything we have is a gift from God. And if you just say amen at the end, that is enough. Wise words from a wise rabbi. And so then I wonder, who taught Jesus how to pray? It was almost definitely a rabbi. And so I'm imagining someone just like Rabbi Ted. Like long, white, beard, round glasses, sparkly eyes. Well, maybe not glasses at that point in history, but that's how I'm going to imagine it. Just go with it. And and I'm picturing them looking at Jesus with their sparkly eyes and telling him there's a prayer for everything. There's a blessing for everything. It makes ordinary things holy, and it reminds us that everything we have is a gift from God. There must have been someone like that because that's how Jesus starts. When they ask him, Jesus, teach us how to pray. He starts with a blessing. Father, hallowed be your name. Make your name holy. And in Greek, the verb is, it's in the imperative tense. So it's, it's a request for action. So it's not so much us saying, oh God, your name is so holy. It's us asking God to act. God, make your name holy, make your kingdom come alive here on earth, make your will happen here on earth. Because right now lots of wills happen on earth. My will happens, your will happens. Many things happen that are not the will of God. And so Jesus starts with this big, big prayer. God, act. Bless this world. Make it holy. Make it like heaven. Make it into the world that you dream it could be. Now that is a big, big prayer, and that's one that we're still waiting for God to finish answering completely, right? And so while we are waiting for God to answer this big, big prayer, some really little, little things Jesus has us asked God for in the meantime. Feed us, forgive us, save us from the time of trial. So when we pray, the words that we choose to use, they matter so much and they, at the same time, they matter not at all, right? The words that we choose to use for the Lord's Prayer, that's been a really big deal over the years. This has long been the way to out any Protestant imposters in a Catholic mass. Has this happened to any? This happened to be Friday night, so we're doing a joint wedding, a joint Lutheran-Catholic wedding for a unity family, And I'm up there with the priest, and we're praying the Lord's Prayer, and I'm thinking, ah, what a beautiful moment of Christian unity as we all pray the Lord's Prayer together and ask God to deliver us from evil, and then everybody else stops talking, and there I am, for thine be the power and the kingdom and the glory and for what, oh, oh, ooh, oops, dang it, super embarrassing. But it's not just a Catholic Protestant thing, right? Because Protestant churches do it differently. I remember once Andrew and I were traveling, so we went to this little country church on Sunday, and as they were welcoming us and introducing us to their church, part of their introduction was, oh by the way, we're debts people here, not trespasses. And I had no idea what they were talking about. Like, what? Until we started praying the Lord's prayers said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, not trespasses. So lots of different places have done it differently over the years. And then in the 80s, the ecumenical movement in the name of Christian unity was trying to bring all different churches together by finding words that we could all agree on. And so since debts makes us usually think of money and trespasses makes us think of property, they went with sins to just cover all of the bases. <laughs> and since temptation usually makes us think of sweets or of sex, and the original Greek is less like asking God to keep us on the straight and narrow and more like asking God to carry us through the worst of times, save us from the time of trial, was what they went with for the ecumenical version. And so here at Unity, per, like basically always, we try to take the middle ground, so we can make everybody happy and hence make nobody at all happy. So we alternate. We alternate Lord's Prayer versions. We pray the traditional version the first half of the month, and we pray the ecumenical version the second half of the month. And it it seems like most people are still most comfortable with the traditional version, but I'm always curious, so we're going to take a handful. Raise your hand if you prefer the ecumenical version of the Lord's Prayer. A uh, very, very few. And raise your hand if you prefer the traditional version. Oh my goodness. And raise your hand if you didn't even notice that we use different versions, and you absolutely couldn't care. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Because the words that we choose to use when we pray it matters so much, and it matters not at all. And what I'm I worry that, at least for myself, sometimes I get too caught up with prayer and worrying about like what's the right thing to pray for or the right right words to choose and what i'm learning as i keep going through my praying journey is um prayer's like it's not like a vending machine it's not like input the right prayer and outcomes the desired outcome and i'm increasingly aware that prayer is like less and less how about how i get what i want and more and more about how god gets what God wants. So imagine imagine that when you pray, it's like, like a tiny gossamer thread that goes out from you and it goes up, up, up. And that thread, that prayer, it connects you to God and it connects you through God to whomever you're praying for. So picture those threads going up from you and then picture all the threads going up from the other people who are gathered with you here. Think of all of those threads going up. And then think of all the threads going up from people all over the world. And then think of all the threads going up from people back through the ages, all the prayers that have been lifted up through the centuries. And then imagine God gathering up all of those threads and gathering them up together and using them to stitch our broken world back together. And that's what's so cool about the Lord's Prayer. When we pray these words, whichever version we use, these are words people have been praying all around the world for centuries. And when we go to El Salvador, this prayer is part of every service. And even though we don't quite understand the exact words that they're saying, we feel the prayer with them. And that's what happens every time we pray the Lord's Prayer, right? It's like we step into this global stream of prayer, this stream that has been running long, long before it ever got to us and is going to keep running long after we're gone. And then we are part of something so much bigger than ourselves. Yeah. Hi, Oliver. You're doing fabulous. And your timing is so perfect, Oliver, because you know what I was going to tell these guys? That now the cool thing about prayer is that now I get to be one of the people who teaches our daughter Alice how to pray, and I feel like through doing that I'm learning how to pray all over again. And Anne Lamott, she's a contemporary teacher on prayer, and she says most of her prayers are like one of one of three prayers. Her prayers are either help, 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 or thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, or simply wow. Now, Alice is not much into help. She kind of likes to do things by herself. And we're working on thank you, but we haven't quite gotten there yet. But Alice, she's almost two, she is great at wow prayers. Wow was one of her first words that she ever said, and she would always kind of over-enunciate it, you know, the way kids do when they're still trying to figure out how to form the words, so she would say, ooh, Wow. (laughs) And, like, everything is wow to this kid. Like, everything she sees is wow. It's like there's a truck going by. (gasps) Wow. Or she sees a dog or a cat or a spider. (gasps) Wow. (laughs) Or spots the moon or an airplane or another baby. (gasps) Wow. (laughs) And you know what that is, right? That is the toddler equivalent of blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things, who has such as this in the universe. May we be people who live like that, easily wowed. May we be people who recognize everything as a gift from God, who ask God to bless everything, to make every ordinary thing holy, and then recognize that it already is. May we recognize all of it as a gift to us from God. And whenever we pray the Lord's Prayer, whatever version we choose to use, may we feel all of those threads, all of those connections to God and to so many others and if we ever can't find quite the right words to pray or are just really not feeling up to it, may we trust that if we just say amen, that is enough, amen.